Hey, welcome back to the Great Date Guy podcast. Uh, with me today, I have a special guest, Macy from Superloved. And uh, man, we are talking about the magic of ghosting today. So, <laughs> uh, As we're getting started, why should you listen to Macy? Macy has been a love coach for a very long time now. I think multiple times my career as a dating and relationship coach, as a wealth coach. Uh, she helps people find their soulmate. And she's very, very good at it. I think I had a single session with her. It was kind of a joke. And I walked away with like this, <laughs> this life-changing epiphany about how urgency was ruining my dating life. So I, I cannot wait to have you on the show, Macy. And is, is there anything that you want to add to the intro and like about who you are and what you're up to? I think you covered it. I mean, my mission really is to help people get past those barriers and the perceive lies and all of the stuff that kind of complicates our relationship space that isn't necessary. And for many people, it keeps them from thinking they can be loved or even keeps them from wanting to date. So that's what I'm most passionate about is helping them get through that. Yeah. I think that's like a critical distinction. Even, even in your intro, you're dropping bombs. Like I think that the thing that really held me back was not realizing that all the stuff that I saw in other people, like, oh, this person's being a jerk, they're being inconsiderate, they, they're playing games when they're texting, they're, all that stuff was a reflection of how I was viewing dating and helping people sort through that so that they can get to the experience of love and patience and compassion for the people that are in their space so that that relationship can form. That's phenomenal work. Yeah. And it does take a discipline, really. I mean, there's so much in this world, in this reality, that it makes it kind of a recreational, like the right thing to do is, oh, somebody did this to me, or it didn't work out. And the drama and the trauma that's kind of part of the conversation a lot of times. I mean, even just thinking about any time I ask people if they're online dating or if you know, online dating comes up, typically what started is a rant on <laughs> how awful it is, all the horror stories. And I have a completely different point of view around that because I changed it for myself and I see so many people change how they navigate the whole dating world, including online and offline in a way that actually matches what you're probably asking for in a relationship, which is the fun, the ease, the playfulness. And so that can be, um, it takes a little practice. It takes a little commitment to go, you know what? I'm not going to do that thing everybody else does around this. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have at least two or three other podcast episodes that are talking about what a huge clusterfuck online dating is. Like, I used to hate it so much. And, yeah. and I'm beginning to see that turn around. But, but, but I think what you just mentioned is such a perfect segue into, into the magic of ghosting. Because I think that's where most of the complaint and victimhood is. So, so would you get us started on that subject? Like, what do you, what's there for you in that? Yeah. I mean, with ghosting, I mean, if anyone is wondering what that is, I mean, I think most people do know, but it's when you've been talking to someone and it seems like there's something there. And then all of a sudden that person totally disappears. And the response 
typically, I mean, and yes, I'm not denying that there isn't disappointment associated with, wow, I was really excited about this person and now they're not writing me or they're not talking to me. I can't even find them or they unmatched me, whatever actually happened um, around that. And also perhaps we may be aware of times that we've done that to someone and I won't lie, I, I've ghosted people before. And so there you go. But <laughs> what, I was, what I was excited to kind of discover over time and over the consciousness work that I do and the spiritual work that I do, that there is kind of a fun new way of looking at it, which I wanted to share in our conversation today. Yeah, I, I would love that. Because like some, sometimes I get into this, this point of view of like, like, oh shit, like another one. Like, okay, I'm not likable. Um, or, or this person just did something heinous to me. You know, like they just left me hanging. They didn't even bother with the common courtesy of communicating. Like there's a lot of stuff that comes up around ghosting. And I, yeah, your reframe is very timely. Uh, so yeah, where, where, where would we start with that? Well, I want to reiterate what you were just saying, because, you know, it is the natural response to go into, oh, wow, I must have done something. I must have done something wrong. I must not be enough, or maybe I'm too much. Like, what did I do wrong? And then what happens in our being is then we're starting to, you know, with no kind of rhyme or reason, transform ourselves or manipulate ourselves into some sort of pretzel for the next person <laughs> and to figure out how you're not going to make that happen again. And maybe this is conscious, maybe this is unconscious, but it's something to be aware of. And, you know, for me, what I've recognized in the process of actually wanting to create that conscious relationship, if you're out there and you're saying, you know what? I do know that I would like to have a person in my life. If that is something you're asking for, and perhaps you're already doing some work around this, um, either spiritual work or meditation or working with a coach, and that ask is powerful. It's powerful and it's potent. So when you're saying, you know what, I want this person, who truly gets me, who is a um, person who matches my caliber, who matches my emotional intelligence, who matches those things. When you get to those bigger kind of asks, I kind of describe it as that unicorn relationship. It's the kind of relationship you never thought could exist, but it does. It's like that next level relationship. It's not the oh, wow, I just kind of met someone at a bar and they're okay. You know, <laughs> it's not those, it's something different. And when you're, when you have made that ask, you are a powerful being. And, and so I see people all the time starting to date and meeting some interesting people and getting excited about people. And then maybe there's, they disappear. And I ask them, how powerful are you that you ejected them from your world? <laughs> because where in you did you already know that that is not your person? And when you can kind of recognize that you are the creator and you are that potency and it doesn't come with 
oh my God, I did it all wrong. And then this mountain and snowball effect of self-judgment that goes into like a self-loathing puddle, then guess what? You can stay in the game longer. And it's not, I'm not saying that you have to deny your emotions. I'm not saying you have to deny any of the disappointment. Definitely acknowledge it, but be aware, you know, what if you are that powerful and you are? Mm. Yeah. So let me, let me see if I'm, I'm fully getting it. It sounds like what it might look like is we get people to a place of, Hey, this is exactly the kind of person that I'm looking for. So, um, emotionally and physically attractive to me, they've done inner work. Uh, they, they show up in an adult way rather than throwing tantrums. They don't play games or whatever, whatever that looks like. They're really good at tennis. I'm not sure what's on your bucket list, but I'm not going to judge you if you have that on your list. <laughs> and and from there, we give ourselves permission to get that thing. So from that, there's this act of power and assertion. Hey, this is what I'm looking for. And and in some senses, there's like a little bit of, I, I'm not willing to make it work anymore. I'm not willing to settle for less. This is what I'm going for. And it's seeing ghosting as a manifestation of that intention. Hey, the universe knows I want this thing. And the people who don't meet those parameters are going to save me the hassle of having a hard, let's just be friends or never talk again conversation. And they're going to, they're going to bounce on their own. They're going to feel something and then they're going to go. Is it yeah. I think of it like that. And I also think of it as not a thinking thing. It's like when you make that ask, it's like you're making a deck, you're creating a declaration to the universe that, hey, I'm asking for this. And even if it doesn't have a ton of words, it's like the energy of that relationship that you know is in your body is the fulfilling relationship, then yeah, I would say two things. One, that it's never about you anyway, which I didn't say earlier. And two, that you know, in that ask, yeah, the universe is going to siphon people out, eject people out, you know, uh, show you even quicker than ever when you're that clear about your intention. Yeah. I love, I love where this is going. And I think, I think that because you're so advanced, we touched on something that I think that a lot of a lot of new listeners, a lot of people who are listening in right now would probably really benefit from, uh, but don't know that it's really important. And I think it's like, how, how would you have someone get from a place where they're like, unconsciously settling for relationships like, oh, well, you know, this, this and this is missing. They live five hours away, and they're not really that responsive to their texts. And it seems like they're really, uh, they're really grumpy most of the time when I hang out with them, but, but I'll make it work, um, to a place where it's like, well, you know, this is, this is what, not necessarily what I deserve, but like, this is, this is what I want and I'm going to go for it and I'm not going to settle for less. How would, how do you, how do you recommend people get to that stage? I think the most important thing is to be able to have a fulfilling life. <laughs> I say how you love your life is your love life. And for me in my own personal journey, I definitely know that I got to a place where I had a lot of these things in place. I had 
meaningful community. I had a healthy lifestyle. I had support. I had, you know, I gave back to my community. I was doing volunteer work, which was a really huge piece of it because I noticed that I did get really lonely on the weekends and I did get in my head and I felt sad about that. So when I would do that, it was, it changed the energy. And I really created the space where I was having a really good time in my life. And that is critical because I think the part that kind of influences or inspires the settling or grasping is where we're not feeling good enough in our life. And we have this idea that that's the thing that's going to make it better, even if it's kind of not that great. Um, it may be tempting. It's maybe kind of seductive to go that way. But it's also noticing what is working in your life. And it takes doing the inner work. I mean, you kind of can't skip that. If there's a lot of stuff that, um, you know, if relationship feels kind of comfortable when it's less fulfilling, when there's chaos or conflict or, you know, you're used to not being heard, then, then you're not going to be able to get further than that. And you may not even be aware. I mean, that may be just the normal, but being able to start discovering, okay, well, what works for me? What do I love? What do I value? And being, having that honest conversation with yourself. That was a huge breakthrough for me because I recognized that I did have this idea that I believed wholeheartedly about what a man wanted and how many ways I was not that. Mm. So my job was, okay, figure out how to be that. And, and that once I canceled that strategy, <laughs> I just started going, okay, well, who am I? What, what's fun for me? Who, you know, how do I live my life? What, what dreams do I have? And who would be kind of a fun match for that? Was it hard to imagine that that person exists? It was, it was, but I committed myself to that. Mm. And, and just nurturing that and really being that champion for myself was a huge part of where I noticed a shift in who I started to attract, which were people who actually I was excited about and not everyone was a match, but it was a different caliber of person. Yeah, I, I love where we've gone with this and, and several things came up. And I, I guess the first thing that comes up for me in hearing what you're saying about this process of finding and creating a life that you love, as opposed to kind of contorting into the human pretzel of, you know, what, what does my future partner want? What do men want? What do women want? It really strikes me as like, instead of using dating as the band-aid, to improve how we feel about ourselves or our lives. Oh, I've got a partner. Now I can feel better about myself. It is, it is doing the kind of harder work of, Ooh, like, how do I provide this for myself? Like, I want to feel fucking awesome all the time. I want to be in love with my life, the world, the universe. I want it to all occur as magic. And how do I let go of the idea that someone else has to do it for me? That 
that that's what comes to mind does that map to what you're saying yes exactly and you know one of my favorite quotes is you can't have a happy ending to a miserable journey <laughs> and it's really true with dating because most of the people who come to me are coming to me with you know dating's miserable horror story horror story this is why i can't do it and you know it's just a, a miserable space in that lane. Maybe in other lanes, things are working out in career and in other areas, but this is the, the goal, I think, is how can you have more fun dating? And it takes really a different energy. It's, a, it's an energy of, okay, if this isn't, significant, which one of the ways we can make it a lot less significant is just to put these things into our life that actually light us up. Like, are you living your values? Are you creative and you're not painting right now? Or are you, you know, do you value travel and you haven't been even done a staycation? <laughs> um, so like being able to be that beloved to you and create that space and that I, I did notice that the energy changes when people can start dating from the place of, you know, let's have fun. I'm meeting people. It doesn't have to be, are you my husband? Are you my wife? You know, <laughs> for every day. I feel guilty. That... I feel bad about this. Okay. Anyway, so continue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it's just, just noticing how, you know, you approach things and, you know, it's kind of interesting to look at other areas where, I mean, I know it's a little bit weird to compare it to buying a car or a house, but there is, <laughs> there is sort of like, you know, you don't make it wrong that you, you want to see as many houses as possible until you find one that feels really homey. And it's a similar thing. And you're not seeing a house and going, oh my God, you're such an asshole, you know, like, no, it's like, it's just a house that's not really for you, you know? Mm. Yeah, again, like so much, so much wisdom being dropped here. Um, the first thing that came up for me was kind of running a parallel. Uh, you Earlier you mentioned, hey, you can't have a happy ending to a miserable journey. And, and while I'm still learning that lesson in dating and relationships, where I have learned that lesson and where I continue to see it show up is inside of wealth and success where people are like, they're achieving and they're, they're super high achievers. They've gotten very, very good at it, but because there's this sense of achieving in order to feel happy and to feel complete, like, man, maybe if I owned my own Island and a castle on that Island and it had working cannons that I could parachute in from a helicopter, then I would be happy. That keeps them so stuck and like then they have to achieve the next bigger thing and it's more stressful and then they have to achieve the next bigger thing because of how stressed out they are and i'm, I'm really seeing the parallel between that and what you brought up about whoa if, if you're if your original outset the way that you see dating is miserable it's going to be miserable the entire way through until you can change that outlook yeah i think that's true and what you just said was so huge because you know you're talking about people who 
then get the million dollar business and they're, they're still miserable. So it's the same thing with the relationship. It's like, if you're miserable along the way, then you probably are going to have sort of a habit of misery in the relationship too. So it's, you know, a choice to be in a space that is different and see how that creates a different result. And I know you've taught me a lot about that in the business world, where it's really being able to follow, you know, what's fun and light for you in creating and making choices for that. I mean, simple things can change it. You know, do you feel better when you dress a certain way? Do I feel better when I take my computer and work outside for a couple hours? How does that change creation for me? So there's a lot of things that we can choose. And maybe that's part of what makes it kind of hard is that people have this one idea about this is what dating is. It's hard. It's painful. It's miserable. And, and they're not actually asking a question of themselves, like what would be fun for me? Yeah. I, I think this is a beautiful segue and you've already partially answered this question, but I, I would love to go deeper. So let's say we take someone, uh, for instance, named Rob Wong, who is miserable when it comes to dating sometimes, and he's looking for a way to begin to find the fun and the joy of it. And like, he doesn't know where to begin. How would you recommend that he starts off his journey of, well, building up those emotions for himself, creating the ideal lifestyle so he doesn't have to rely on other people for that? I would say, you know, just start asking yourself, what would I love? What would be fun for me? And let that be the guiding force. I mean, it's a simple question, but we don't often ask that. Like, what would be fun? Like, what would I love? And, and not making it so serious. I think the serious energy is where we like start contracting even more. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love where this is headed. And I, and I feel like on the surface, it's such a, it's such a simple thing. But as we delve into it more and more, it like there's so many layers to it, because as I've explored this question for myself, what's come up is, hey, do I, do I feel good when I'm in the room that I work in and spend most of my time? And if not, do I change the lighting? Do I throw up more decorations? Do I need to clean things up? Um, is, is this to-do list thing, like this whiteboard in the background making me happy? What can I grow? Are there plants that I want? And, and like, it's, it's so many questions that I've avoided answering because I guess it was just simpler to maintain momentum in, in, in whatever way of being that I'd previously arrived on. So like sifting through one layer at a time of what makes up who I am and what do I like and what do I want to get rid of? That, that was a start. And I think that's only scratching the surface of this question. I think it's a good example, though, because it's it's kind of breaking free from the definitions and the ideas of like, this is the way it looks to be a business person, or this is the way it looks to um, date, or this is how I need to be to make a man like me, like all of the things that end up being these, um, 
these spaces that just elicit tons of self-judgment and instead, you know, what difference are you? What, you know, what uniqueness is available here? What awareness do I have about myself? And um, nurturing those aspects. Cause I really do think of it like a habit of misery, <laughs> habits of horror stories, habits of frustration. And now outside the chainsaw is going. So I'm kind of imagining like this chainsaw, like cutting through, you know, the space where we're like held into a container of, you know, this is how it is. Like there's a million ways we can approach this and it's going to be your unique thing. And guess what? Your relationship is your unique thing. Yeah. I, I love where this is headed. And, and so, so, so clarifying question here, we earlier, we talking about this container of how we came to assume that dating was, or how we needed to operate inside of dating. And we're trying to like cut away that outer layer. What do you think are the most common ways that we try to pretzel ourselves into dating or how we think we should behave when we're dating that really don't need to be there? Yeah. Well, I would say that you, there's this idea that there's a right way, there's a right way. And I probably don't know it. So therefore I'm probably going to do it wrong. And therefore I'm going to screw this up and it'll prove that I'm unlovable and <laughs> that kind of thing. So if there's no right way and you just get to play and you just also remind yourself of how many times you, you do have ease in connecting with people. And I'm guessing that there's at least a couple little examples where you, and I'm not saying just you, the audience, you, but that's um, ways that you relate to people and, and practice that and remind yourself of how well you've done that in other situations. It's, it can have this completely different vibe when we all of a sudden name it dating. And guess what? It's getting to know someone you're never going to know in the first five minutes. If this is your person, that is crazy. Like <laughs> You're not going to know that you're going to know, you know, each moment you're going, is this fun for me? Is this fun? Do I still like it? I mean, that's kind of what can be running underneath, but it doesn't have to be a decision after a first date of, is this going to work and putting so much pressure. So take the pressure off, destroy all the definitions you have of it and reaffirm all of the ways you do connect. Even if it's connecting with a dog or a plant, know that you can meet new things <laughs> uh, yeah okay I, I i might i might be reading uh between the lines a little bit too much here but i think what i'm also hearing is this undercurrent of rather than treating it like a dating conversation or i'm looking for my forever partner kind of conversation it's taking each of these things on at, at case by case human by human, understanding that every human is going to be completely different than every other human. So I can't like try to apply some global model of how I should behave. The only thing I can do is really show up as myself. And some of that process looks like really discovering what lights me up. 
and that I think that's what I'm getting so far and I'm curious if that maps to what you're saying yeah I think that's a great thing to get from this it's reminding yourself that it is different with every person it all it always is it's like you plus another person creates this kind of bubble of a relationship and there is a field and when you're relating to someone you know you may even have awarenesses of what they're feeling in that space too i mean there's a real um there's a lot that you get to be aware of that you get to be curious of that that you get to wonder about and and keeping it in that curiosity i find makes it lighter and it keeps you in the question rather than oh wow i didn't I, I don't want to rip my clothes off right now. This must not work, you know? So, you know, you if you're going into like a conclusion right out the gate or you're needing to get that conclusion figured out right away, then you're kind of distracted from the actual space of the relationship and what's there. And, you know, what would be, what would it be like if you can be present and just, see what wants to be created in the in the experience of it and take the pressure off mm. so it's, it's almost and these are my words not yours but um it's almost like you're you're removing the agenda from the equation so if i were to come at it from like um the experience that i've had is i i needed to remove a lot of the drive to like, oh, I should have sex with this person because if I don't, I'm less of a man or like I like setting all of that stuff aside in order to just connect with this person and see what's there rather than operating from, again, trying to use another person to fulfill on some need. Uh, yeah. Is it like that? Yeah, I think that that's that is it. And it's also you know, being able to say, because I know I'm the way I'm describing it, it's like, oh yeah, just have fun. And yeah, it's, it's a first date. It's awkward sometimes. Right. And there are just things that come up, but you know, how present can you be to even be able to say, wow, I feel a little nervous right now and just, you know, speak the thing and then you can see what's created there. Hmm. I like that you brought up body awareness. And for me, this, this brings up the idea of like beginning to learn how to spot um, your triggers or my triggers. Where am I beginning to get really reactive to something when I really shouldn't be getting this pumped up because of something little that they did? Um, do you have anything to say about, about that, about how that process might look? To me, that is the part of us that's going into protection, right? So if you're not feeling safe, you're kind of moving down into the nervous system, the fight or flight space, you're, you know, that fear will give you that kind of reactive feeling. So doing a quality check on that, as you notice those come up, okay, well, am I actually in danger right now? And and checking in to give your body some a, a quality check, some feedback on that. Because so for so many of us, I, I wonder if most of us, 
you know, we've grown up in situations, we develop our relationship stuff from the womb <laughs> and, and through childhood that there are things that are wired into our tissues and our cells around that. So, um, yeah, are there times when you may actually be in danger in a relationship? There may be, but it's very rare. You know, most of the time our system is hyper vigilant in like going to those places. So checking in with yourself and that's really part of the rewiring for safety that is needed in order to have connection. Because a lot of people who may be listening to this conversation you know, may know that if they go on a date, they're, they feel that wall come up. They feel that fear. They feel that intensity. And to me, that is when you want to do some deeper work so that you can connect because otherwise it's going to be hard to connect with a person. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to point to some examples to corroborate what you're talking about, because sometimes this stuff can be hard to pick up on. So if you're listening right now, uh, one of the things that happens for me that I've sort of begun to pick up on as I scan through my body and notice when I'm tense or nervous or upset is when someone is talking really, really loud or really, really fast and I feel like I can't keep up or I need to perform or it's just like too much information for me, I will begin to get frustrated or I'll shut down. It'll be harder for me to hold a conversation. And I think it, to, to Macy's point, this is my nervous system beginning to act up because something in my past told me that if I'm in danger when someone begins acting like this. And unless I deal with it, every time someone is just a little bit too loud or talks a little bit too much by my definition of the terms, then I won't actually be present enough to be a good date. I'll be busy trying to survive or angry at the person and not really even understanding why. Yeah, yeah, that's really good awareness. I mean, this is all awareness and um, it's true. And that's that can be the frustrating thing to hear, I think is, oh, wow, if my body's going into protection mode and that, you know, that shutdown space, which is, you know, when our bodies are actually trying to conserve. It just like shuts down and is kind of immobilized that, that that is, you know, part of how our bodies take care of us. And yet if we don't revisit that or, or check in with that in terms of relationship, then we're not going to be able to feel connected. And the interesting part about the whole nervous system is the part of the body that does like connection and relationship. That part is the newest part of our nervous system. All the others are the oldest, oldest. So the default tends to be there and we're just not in the same world. I mean, a million teachers will say, well, you're not running from the saber tooth tiger anymore. That kind of thing, which cracks me up. But it's kind of true, like your body's going to do what it does, but we, we get to use our awareness and our consciousness tools to change that. And um, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that sometimes 
a lot of times it's easy to get distracted by what technique should I use to show up better on dates. And that, that's good for the initial stuff, like just, just getting a sense of what I should and shouldn't do in a very general sense. But I, can, I also think of those as sort of training wheels. And what you're talking about right here, I view as the actual work that, that does allow people to get into a place where dating is easy, fun, and sexy. Um, and on that note, I see that we're kind of, we're coming to the close here. So I want to offer up an opportunity for connection with you. If someone who is listening right now is like, whoa, okay, uh, this is this is something that I need to dive into more, or I just like the way that Macy is and I want to connect with her, what's the best way for them to reach you? The best way is to just go to my website. I have a lot of different classes going all the time, and my website is www.getsuperloved.com. I also have a really cool quiz actually that is more of an assessment. It's not one of those quizzes where it's like, what Kardashian are you when you, <laughs> you know, it's not that it's, it's, um, it's actually when you take the quiz, it's called, you can go to lovevibequiz.com. When you take the quiz, you actually do get a sense of, oh, I haven't considered that or wow, I have worked on that. And, and for both ways, one, you can acknowledge how much, growth you have had and two you can start to see where there may need some improvement so that's something i'm really proud of so lovevibequiz.com you can check it out awesome um and we'll be sure to include that in the description if uh you didn't pick that up from hearing it a couple of times <laughs> you want to grab that down there uh but in the meantime uh, thanks for being with us, Macy. This was a really fun conversation. And if I were coming in and listening to it, I think I would walk away with quite a bit. Well, thanks for having me. I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Um, and for you listening, thank you for being here as well. I love you. I appreciate you. And I will catch you next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Peace. <laughs>